0: Hey, thank you. Good morning. Oh, it's such a good day. I tell you, um, Jeff, you guys sound great together. It's like y'all've had practice. <laughs> I don't know what else to say, but you guys sounded really good. Y'all sounded really, really good. Um, Rodney, you did too, even though you're not technically Avon Trap Shelton. <laughs> you sounded great. We are blessed to have some very talented people in this church family. Um, it's good to be back. Hey, I wanted to start today by uh, welcoming up Juan. Juan Gomez, come on up. Juan was uh, baptized a few weeks ago. And uh, what our tradition is, is that we like to present uh, those people who have been baptized with a Bible and uh, just pray for them. So, how you doing, man? Good. Hey, if you don't know Juan or his wife, Ivy, could you just, there she is right there. If you don't know Juan or his wife or his three beautiful girls, then you have missed out. So I'm going to encourage you, after church today, find them and just tell them who you are, all right? Don't ask them who they are, tell them who you are. They're, they're just great people. But hey, I wanted to in, uh, just give this to you. This is a filament Bible. And what it is, filament Bible is pretty cool, by the way, and I'll say that. It's cool. Right, because it, is a, it has an app that goes with it. So uh, if you have any questions about any type of uh, passage, just scan it, and it'll open up all these extra resources and stuff. So anyway, um, this is part of your journey. We've been talking for a long time, and, and we've gotten to be good friends, and um, it's, it's just really cool to see what God is doing with this guy. Um, and what I will say is that for anyone who wants a new life, who just is considering joining God more seriously in your journey. Um Juan is testament to what the power of God can do. So anyways, I'm very happy to know you, and I told him he had to have a four-minute uh, speech prepared, but <laughs> he didn't like that. So instead, I will pray for you, okay? God, thank you so much for my friend Juan. Thank you for his uh, his passion for you. Lord, his desire to want to serve you and to be your man. Lord, thanks for his sweet family, and I pray that you would bless them with every good thing. Lord, let him know that that you are here as as are we, his church family, Lord, when his strength is good and when his strength is not so good. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this, this moment. Uh, I pray that there are many more like Juan to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you, brother. Thanks, brother. All right, see you, man. All right, God be with you, brother. I love starting the services like that. Again, thank you so much for all of your encouragement. Um, I am so glad to be back up here doing what I have been called by God to do. Uh, this is the 4th of July weekend. This is a moment when we celebrate, well, many different things, but, but uh, I personally uh, love to celebrate not my independence from God, but my dependence on Him. Uh, this is a moment uh, that we gather each Sunday to just celebrate and to let people know that we are declaring our allegiance to God, and we are so thankful to be in a country like we are in. We are blessed people. Today we are continuing our series on the power of words and more specifically today we're going to talk about how God chooses to use his words and the words that God chooses to use and how that should influence the way we use our words and I want to encourage you to have your Bibles handy and if you have a phone or an app uh, our church app uh, we have notes, and we have all the passages in our app, too, so you can follow along in that as well. So one of the questions that I have as we begin is, how often do you choose the words that you say? Um, how often do you, do you think before you speak? Me, it's, it's a rel- that's my wife, it's a relatively new occurrence for me to, to think before I speak. Um, I'll just give you an example. Okay, I have been known to put my foot in my mouth on occasion. That's why last week, you remember, one of the things that I pray before I go see anybody is, Lord, keep me from saying something stupid, right? The reason is because there is precedence for that. So we were at a church potluck, and do you remember those? It's when people actually bring food and we all eat it together. Um, we had a church potluck, and, uh, and so I went and got three desserts to share with my wife to share with my wife. And, and so we're sitting there and we have some good friends of ours are sitting right across the table from us. Travis and Menu Stewart, they're now missionaries in Nicaragua at Missyampara, uh, Missyampara, or is it? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a great organization. They are there in Nicaragua, but they are good friends of ours and they're sitting across and we're all eating these desserts. And, and so they're like, well, which ones do you like? And I said, well, I like this one. And I love this one, but this one not so much. And, and Shelly's like, are you sure you don't like the center one? I said, no, I, I love this one. I love this one, but not this one. And, and Travis says, so you don't like the one in the middle. And I went on, right? I said, no, 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 love this one, love, but do not like this. And I just was going on. And he says, oh. Well, that's my favorite dessert, and, and Mindy, just, Mindy always makes that for me, and decided to bring that tonight. And I'm looking, and Mindy's right across from me, just looking at me. I mean, how do you get your words back? They're just out there now. I mean, <laughs> we'll you'll still laugh at that, because I, I, I guess I was trying to be funny, but I'm really making it. Yes, yes, no. And she looked at me, she's smiling, and, and anyways, we laugh about it now, but, but that's an embarrassing moment, because I did not choose my words well. Words are powerful. They can create powerful memories. Words, believe it or not, words have meaning and weight. And some words are more loaded with meaning, not because necessarily the gravity, but because some, some words are just old. And have you ever thought about what are the oldest words in language? It's, it is an interesting uh, study, you know, uh, even though languages are different, there are a lot of words that mean the same thing. They, they have, a, you know, they, they come with an image with them. For example, some of the very oldest words that have been identified, uh, thousands of years Old, these words, like mother, um, fire, um, worm, actually. Worm is is a very old word. Give is a very old word. It's not something I invented just to tell you every Sunday. The word give is a very old word. Um, Hand. Coincidentally, the word old is one of the very oldest words out there. It would have been funny if the word new was one of the oldest words, but it's not. The Word of God is quite old. And I don't know if you think about just how old the Word that God used, the words that He uses, how old those words are. The very first spoken word in the universe that we know of came from God Himself. Looking at Genesis 1, we're told, In the beginning god created the heavens and the earth now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of god was hovering over the waters and god said let there be light and there was light in fact he looked at the light and said it is good the very first words that god used that god chose speak brought light into the world. And if you keep reading, you'll notice that the rest of the words that God uses in that very beginning were words not only of light, but also words that brought life into a very dark and dead world. Now, in the beginning, there probably weren't that many words just randomly being thrown around and and tossed around without purpose. Even in God's interactions with people, with those people that he chose to speak with, whether it be Adam or or Abraham or or, um, even Moses. You'll notice that those words that he used, I think they weren't just random words. These were words of purpose. We come to the Israelites after they had escaped from Pharaoh in the desert. Exodus chapter 20, what we see is that God is using words that are going to be helping His people find a brand new way to live. um, A way to live with purpose. Now we know it as a Ten Commandment passage. But Interestingly, the word commandment is not in the original text. The Jewish people didn't call these the Ten Commandments. They called them the Ten Words or utterances of God. And those words had weight. They had power. So here's how these words begin. And God spoke all these words. And He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He begins this new way, this this declaration of dependence. He begins that by reminding his people with these very first words that he is their God. He is the one responsible for saving them. It wasn't of their own accord and because he is their god they shouldn't have any other gods before him so don't make any idols don't make any graven images because they aren't real they will only distract you and shorten and disrupt your life and we still reference these 10 words of god because they are powerful and they lead us into a into a new way of living These words carry weight and consequence, and they carry the way to life. So when he speaks these words to them, he did so with power and spectacle. And when God spoke, it wasn't just words. He spoke with the world, with the earth, and people were terrified. This is what it says next in verse 18. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. This is the power of the word we have access to. This is the power of the word that is in our home right now gathering dust. This is the power of the word that we so casually carry around on our electronic devices. Powerful words, words we carry around, words we we think we can merely pick and choose to bolster our opinions or arguments. The Israelites were terrified when they heard God speak. So what do they do? Well, when Moses is up on the mountain after that, they make for themselves a golden calf because, you know what, calves don't speak. Idols are a little bit more manageable. You can pretty much mold an idol into whatever it is you want it to be looked like, Can be controlled and contained, whereas the word of God, the words God speaks, cannot be controlled, nor can they be contained. I mean, what are idols? In Psalm 115, the composer sings about this, about these idols that men and women still, even today, create for themselves. When he says their idols are silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear, noses but cannot smell. They have hands but cannot feel, but cannot walk, feet but cannot walk. Nor can they utter a sound with their throats. And listen to this, those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. When we trust in an idol we create for ourselves, and a God we want to manage and control, we lose our voice. We lose our ability to feel and to understand. We still do this. Anything we put trust in more than the God of heaven and earth is man-made, it's created. But what I know to be true is this, a God who does not speak, a wordless God, is no God at all. Our God is the Lord God of heaven and earth, the one who spoke the universe into existence. Now, is God sometimes silent? Of course. But has and does God speak? Yes. And His words continue to bring life and light. And they continue to bear fruit. And they continue to have consequences. Now, we hear the word consequences, and sometimes we think that's a negative connotation. Everything we do has a consequence. Every action has a consequence. Every choice has a consequence. Sometimes they're great. Sometimes they aren't. What are the consequences of God's words? Look at Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, he he describes the power that God's words have. The words that God chooses to use have power, and this is what they do. For just as rain and snow fall from the sky and do not return there, but water the earth, causing it to bud and produce, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me unfulfilled, but it will accomplish what I intend and cause to succeed what I sent it to do. God's Word has power, it has reach, it has purpose. Now, our words are sometimes abstract. We have 250 plus thousand words in our English language. Not every one of them has action to it. Some of them, I would say, are just careless throwaway words. Now, the Jewish word for for word is devar, or debar, it depends on who you're reading. But it means word or matter or thing. Words to them were real. They always had a symbol or an action associated with it. They only had seven or 8,000 words in the Jewish language. So several words meant different meanings, but they all had action and symbol behind it. Real, tangible, not abstract. The words of God have very real effects. The word of God has very real consequences. The truth it declares is real. The light it brings is real. And the life it offers is very, very real. Amen? In fact, the word of God was the glue that held the Israelites together. It was the center of their universe. Because it offered light and it offered life and it was something they spoke about and told stories about. They sung about it. They, They memorized it. They discussed it. They debated it. They incorporated it. So when John writes about the coming of the Messiah, the entrance of God's messenger into this world, With everything we've heard, listen to how he describes it. In John 1, 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Do you know how the words you speak show people who you really are? The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The Word of God was life. The Word of God was light. Jesus, the Word was made flesh. It was tangible. It was real was an abstract the truth that jesus declared was real the life he offered was real the light he brought into the world was real and that light still shines in every one who believes even still that light that that shines in you it is real It is real if you've just been baptized. It is real if you were baptized 50, 60 plus years ago. Jesus was the very old but very true Word of God. And the words that He chose to use while He lived among us were words (laughs) that were bright and that were filled with a future and eternity. Just as Jesus had purpose, his words had purpose. They weren't casually thrown around as if they didn't matter. Everything he said mattered. Every little exchange of words, every face-to-face confrontation where words were used, in every passing moment with someone he encountered, his words matter, as do ours. So what words do you choose to use? Now you may think, well, sometimes it's just a spur of the minute. We still choose our words. I'm just going to ask, do you realize the power of the words that you use? Do you realize the power that, of the words that you use as a follower of Jesus Christ? you have any idea the power they have on your daily life? The power that they have on your oikos? Those 8 to 15 people that you see consistently? And do we choose words that are going to nourish others? Do you choose words that will grow and bear fruit? Or do you blindly throw away your words without thought of the effect that they may have? I'm going to encourage you, speak as if your words matter. Speak as if the people listening to you are going to receive those words. Because they do. Even though we throw them around, we may bark orders, we may tell someone how they're not doing right. Sometimes things need to be said. But I'm encouraging you, choose the things that you say, how you say them, and speak words of life that are going to go forth and bear fruit. Those are the words God chooses to use. And I think when you do, God will bring forth such beauty in your world. God's word will not return to him unfulfilled. It won't. So imagine if we chose to use words that, that built up, that, that gave people purpose in a future. What kind of fruit would that bear? I think those words will do the work that God intended for them to do. So choose well the words that you speak. Because your words have They have power. Because when we speak, we are planting. We're not just speaking, we're planting. So the question is, will your words produce encouragement, strength, belief, and hope in others? Or will they produce resentment, or bitterness, or fear? Peter encourages us in 1 Peter chapter 4, he says this very clearly. He says, if anyone speaks, talking to believers, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. This means that your words will have power. So choose wisely the words that you use whether they are words that you speak directly to others, whether they're words about others straight to God. I mean, what if the words we spoke about others to others were negative? How often do we speak like this and we're bad-mouthing somebody? What if the words we spoke about others to others were filled with life and encouragement and hope? I think what happens is when we intentionally speak words of life and and light into people, into their lives, into our world, I think it will change our relationship with them. It may not make us the best of friends with some people, but it will change how we see them. Because when we choose to speak light and life, we are choosing to imitate our Father in heaven. And when we use His word, when we use words that are His, we'll discover that their power will not only transform our world, but will transform us as well. Because His word never comes back unfulfilled or empty. Time is short, people need to know they're loved that they aren't worthless, that they matter, that they have purpose. They need to know that there's life available. They need to know that there's forgiveness and hope and redemption. So speak life. Speak as if your words have purpose. Choose your words wisely and watch God shine. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we are thankful that you've given us the ability to speak. Help us to be people who do not so casually throw our words around. Lord, whether it's in person or online, Lord, our words matter. Help us to live and exist as if the words we speak can change people for the better. We are your people, and you are our God. I pray that your, your praise, your glory, and your love is always on our lips. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. If you need prayer, if you need to repent about some words that you have used even this week, find one of our elders or our wives or, or, or me right here, and let us pray with you. Take this moment. Let's sing together. Lord. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>